1: You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on ABC, channel 6.1. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services, where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truths in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. The title of the message today is Sufficient Grace. So if you have your Bibles open, let's pick it up in verse 8. It says, Concerning this thing I pleaded with the Lord three times, that it might depart from me. And he said to me, me, my grace is sufficient for you for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. If you came out on Wednesday night, you know the Apostle Paul has some physical health issues, and he's praying to the Lord uh, that God would remove him three times. And the Lord says to him in verse 9, after Paul prays three times, my grace is sufficient for you, and my strength is made perfect in weakness. And uh, you know, we live in a fallen world. Those of you who are students of the Bible know that because of sin in the garden. And as a Christian, we all are going to face disappointments, trials, difficulties, pain, all those sort of things. And God never promises to his people or to Christians that your life is going to have divine immunity from trials in life. And, you know, sometimes people think that you get saved, everything's going to be easy. That years ago, I was doing a prison ministry, and I, I went into the uh, cell, and there were, you know, 15 guys in there, however many. And I, there was a pastor before me, and I said, So what did the last guy teach you? And they said, Well, he taught us that if we accept Jesus, everything's going to be easy. Life's going to be a bed of roses. And I said, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. I told them, My life's got harder since I got saved. When I didn't do things right, it's easy to be a lion conniving loser. I mean, but, uh, but to do what's right and honest is hard, and there's adversity. Now, there is a difference between the Christian life and the non-Christian life. For those who love God, you can know that God is going to work through the trials and disappointments uh, that you go through in life. In fact, every Christian should know Romans 8.28. If you don't know it, you should write it down on a three-by-five card, put it on your mirror, so every day when you get up and look at yourself and go, whoo, all right, uh, then you look at it, read it, and here's what it says. We know That all things work together for good for those who love God and to those who are called according to His purpose. So the Bible does teach that God is going to work through those things. Now, the Bible does not teach that because you're a Christian, somehow you're never going to have any more problems or difficulties. And the Bible does not teach that you're never going to get sick or that you're never going to have pain or that you're going to be rich and wealthy for the rest of your life, right? I mean, uh, But here's the thing. That is a lie that destroys people's lives. Because when people believe those lies that if I accept Jesus, everything's going to be easy, uh, then they're not going to be prepared for the hardships that every one of us are going to face in this fallen world. And when pain and suffering comes and there's no divine immunity from God, some people, and I've seen it a lot, get bitter and angry because they believe the lie. They perceive that somehow... Uh, god failed them because they believed this lie that i'll never have troubles i'll never have difficulty god what are you doing to me now people get to that place because they don't know the truth i've had people say why did god do this and they're all upset as if they were going to go through life and everything was going to be easy now the person who is always disturbed is the person who never wants to be disturbed because disturbances always disturb him right you got that The person who's never disturbed is the person who is always expecting to be disturbed because uh, he's expecting to be disturbed, right? I mean, so when you think about that, it's so true that when disturbances come into our lives, if you expect it, then you're not so disturbed, right? I was a youth pastor before I had children. So when I got teenagers, I'd been with teenagers for a long time, and I felt like I had An understanding of what a normal teenager was like, and so when my teenagers were growing up, and one of them would say to me, I bet I disappointed you, right? And I said, oh no, you didn't disappoint me. I know you're a sinner, and I expected you to do this. And they looked at me like, that's kind of weird. You thought I was gonna do bad things? Yes. You're a sinner, right? And it really helps. See, if you have children, and you think that they're gonna love you, and do whatever you say the rest of their life, you're gonna be disappointed, (laughs) It's going to be hard, <laughs> right? But when you realize they're sinners, they're born in sin, <clears throat> they, got, they got, you know, the same problems all of us have, right? And you got to train them up, right? So when we know truth, it makes it so much better. And I think it applies to every aspect of life, that when you look at our society, and, <clears throat> you know, I used to read the news all the time, and it never really bothered me. But recently, in the last couple years, I read the news, and it's very disturbing to me. And it would be more disturbing if I didn't know the truth, if I didn't know that this is what the Bible said thousands of years ago is in the last days, things would be crazy, right? As it says in 2 Timothy 3, 1. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, we see this, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will always have it easy. No, that's not what it says, right? Those who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. There will be people that when you tell them about Jesus and you believe in right and wrong, that they're gonna persecute you because we live in, it in the last days and because people are lovers of themselves. And people basically are like, we wanna do what we want. We don't want God's rules. Now, when you know the truth, then living in this fallen world helps you to navigate it, I think, in a, in a proper perspective. When trials and difficulties come, you realize this is how it is. We live in a fallen world. Why do we have stickers? Because of the fall in the garden, right? I can't wait to get to heaven where there's no more weeds, right? Summertime, hate weeds, right? But here's the good news. As we go through these difficulties, God is working in them for good in your life. And when you can consciously be aware of the truth that as a child of God, god is working on your behalf no matter what difficulty you face in life it changes your perspective because now you can look at what good is going to come out of this as opposed to just focusing on the bad and most of you know i've taught about it before that now in this whole new era of critical theory basically we're teaching everybody to only look at the bad right just look at the bad about your history look at the bad about your present condition and look at the bad about the future and you get all that done and then hey they own stock in mental health medication and they get rich. I mean, I'm not sure if that's how it's going, but, uh, but it is just so true that when you have no hope and everything's terrible, well, then it's depressing. Now, the Bible tells us that God's working on our behalf. God tells us that he's going to work things out for good. And the Bible tells us we should meditate on the good. So we should look at the good in every situation. Now, I don't know what difficulties you've gone through, but how many of you have had your uh, brothers and sisters sell you into slavery? Raise your hand. None of you, all right. So Joseph, we could say, had it better, worse than all of us, right? His brothers sold him into slavery, right? <clears throat> and their, Joseph's perspective was, later on in life, in Genesis 50, I love this, after his b- brothers sold him into slavery, and he'd gone through a lot of hardship, you know, Potiphar's wife accused him of raping him, and she was lying, and he got thrown in prison, and then he gets out, and now he's the most second powerful man in the world. And here's what he says to his brothers. He had the power to have them all hanged, right, because they, they sold him into slavery. But what he says in, in uh, Genesis 50, uh, verse 20, he says to his brothers, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. You... Uh, he brought me to this position so that I could save the lives of many people see Joseph looked at his life and said yeah you did you you tried to do evil towards me but God worked it out for good and because God brought him to that place he was able to uh, tell the king to store up food because a drought was coming and a lot and he saved a lot of people's lives and when we face hardships in life the first thing we want to do is to bring it to the Lord and say Lord help me with this situation. Help me to understand it. Now, when you bring it to the Lord in prayer, that's not a guarantee that he's immediately going to do what you ask, right? And, and I think sometimes we can get that wrong idea, too, because there are some segments of Christianity where people say, you just say whatever you want, and God has to do it, right? You blab it, and then grab it, or whatever the terminology is. I, I don't know, but... Uh, but it's not a guarantee. And when we think about godly people in the Bible, we look at the Apostle Paul. That's what it text about today. He prays three times, God, do this for me. And what did God say to him? My grace is sufficient, right? When you think about Jesus, who's our quintessential example, that Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, he prayed three times. And he said there in Matthew 26, 39, he prayed, Oh, my Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will, right? He's saying, look, if there's any other way that mankind can be saved from their sins, then then let's do that. I don't want to go to the cross. If mankind can be saved by doing good works, by going on a mission trip, by whatever it is, being good, being moral, whatever, then let's not do it. So Jesus prayed three times. Now, here's the thing. It wasn't possible for man to be saved any other way, and so we know Jesus went to the cross. So if the apostle Paul prayed three times and Jesus prayed three times, then we can conclude that there are going to be times when we pray and that's not the Lord's will. But what should we do is commit ourselves to the Lord. First Peter 4, 19, he says, Therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to him in doing good as to a faithful creator. In other words, when you're going through a hard, painful experience, we need to commit our souls to the Lord. We need to come to God and say, God, I'm committing to you. I don't understand it. I don't know what's going on. But I do believe that you are faithful and that your word is true. And see, all of us have to decide that when we're facing difficult things in life. Do I believe God, or do I believe my own brilliance, or do I believe the world's philosophy, right? And, and from my perspective, as you look at, you know, the truth in God's Word, it, it is always true. And, and God is always faithful. In Deuteronomy 7, 9, he said, Therefore, know the Lord your God. He is God, the faithful God, who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments now you could you could do a research study on people who love god and what how god takes care of them how god is faithful and it's just so true of people of nations of cities that god is faithful and god is faithful to be with you through whatever you face in deuteronomy 31 He says and the lord he is the one who goes before you he will be with you he will not leave you nor forsake you do not fear nor be dismayed. Now I love that. That brings comfort to my soul. That, that no matter what trials, though we're not immune from trials, we're, we're going we're to face difficulties, but God is going to be with us, and he tells us, don't be afraid, right? I'm going to be with you. I'm going to see you through it. And that is so encouraging when you read the news and you think, man, everybody is going off the rails and, and people are just getting crazier by the minute and what's happening and what am I going to do? And then when it comes to your world and we realize... What's going to happen here? Am I going to pray and God make everything wonderful and easy? Is God going to move me to Easy Street? Do you guys know where Easy Street is in Caldwell? It's down off of 10th Street. I wanted to live on Easy Street. I told my wife, we want to live on Easy Street, right? But my wife said, it's not biblical. We're not living on Easy Street. We're married. We have children. It's like uh, we're going to stop there because we're out of time.
0: Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. We'd like to share with you a couple of things that are going on here at Calvary Chapel. We would like to tell you a little bit about our Pure Word ministry. Pure Word is a ministry that helps people with life-controlling issues such as alcohol, drug, and pornography addiction. Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Our desire is to help people break free from the heavy yoke of life-controlling issues. Pure Word meets every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. here at Calvary Chapel Caldwell. For more information, call 453-9653